0: Welcome to Small Business Minutes. We will learn to survive, adapt, and thrive. Hello, welcome to another episode of Small Business Minutes. This episode is part of the Small Business Survival Series, and specifically the topic today is Landlord-Tenant Issues. With me today is Graham Simmons. He is an attorney with Norris McLaughlin. Hopefully I said that right. Did I get that right, Graham? Yeah, right. Um, He's the firm's Pennsylvania Administrative Partner, co-chair of the Business Law Group, and he's mostly focused in business and real estate in his practice. I will share his bio and contact info and any other resources he may point to in the episode notes. So without further ado, welcome, Graham.
1: Thank you. It's good to be here.
0: Okay, so as you can imagine, um, I'm seeing this in my practice, a lot of issues with clients asking me legal questions, which is dangerous to begin with, but a lot of panic going on out there when it comes to paying rent. What should I do? How should I do it? And every case is different, I know, but why don't you share a little bit about what you're hearing and seeing in your practice right now as a result of the pandemic?
1: Yeah. So, you know, for myself personally and the other lawyers that I work with at Norris McLaughlin, um, you know, the the three questions that seem to be coming up most often are, you know, do I, do I have to pay my rent? Uh, And if, if I do have to pay my rent um, you know, can I defer my rent? And if, you know, otherwise um, you know, am I going to get evicted ultimately? And, and so, you know, and I hate to give the lawyerly answer, but it, it depends in all three situations, what your lease says and what your circumstances are.
0: What have you seen so far in your practice? Um, uh, uh- I'm guessing I haven't heard personally of any evictions, at least in the small business arena. I know that there's some, you know, in cases where you've got a huge company like a Starbucks or Red Robin or something like that, where they're in trouble or we're in trouble and they've signed leases or maybe master leases with big, big real estate companies.
1: Yeah. There, yeah, there are those cases where large commercial landlords have sued you know, larger retail type tenants um, of that nature. You know, I'll I'll talk specifically about Pennsylvania. Um, So in Pennsylvania, you know, as Fran, you and I have talked about, um, we had a moratorium against residential evictions, um, but that moratorium didn't extend necessarily to commercial tenants. Um, Now, having said that, the, the practical issue has been the courts have been, for the large part, shut down. Um, since March in a state of emergency. So, you know, from a practical standpoint, while a commercial landlord in Pennsylvania certainly can, has the ability to try and file paperwork, um, it would be very, very difficult to really see that through at this point in Pennsylvania in terms of getting to a hearing or trying to send the sheriff out to actually and physically evict somebody. Um, So that's, you know, that's the practical issue that landlords have been dealing with on their side, um, which is perhaps a little bit of a sigh of relief for a small business. But, you know, if you, you think about it, let's, let's forget about the legal side of it. You know, just from a common sense perspective, why is a landlord going to evict somebody? Well, because they're not paying rent and the landlord has to pay their mortgage. Conceivably, if you're evicting somebody that, uh, you know, you're doing that because you're going to get somebody else in there to pay the rent so you can pay your mortgage. I just don't know what the market is and what the supply is of rent-paying tenants out there that are looking for space at this point. Um, you know, anecdotally, I mean, the you know, there's there's news from from realtors and brokers that you know they all seem to be fairly busy at the moment. But um, in terms of leases being signed, I don't know that I've certainly haven't seen much of that um, in my practice, um, and I'm not sure I've heard much in terms of commercial real estate leases getting signed. I don't know that that's been quite as active. And I think by and large, I think, you know, a lot of landlords are a little nervous to see what the societal impacts of all this has been in terms of how people are going to do business going forward, especially in the office. world.
0: Right. Yeah. That, you know, one of the things that I say to clients is don't go dark on your landlord. You know, don't, don't not communicate. The more you communicate with them and let them know what your situation is, um, you know, presuming, even if you have a quasi-challenging relationship with your landlord, I think communicating about your circumstances, and it doesn't really, it, it's not like the landlord wouldn't know, but it's just so important to, to try to work this through with them. Because the honest truth is, depending on the size of their business, they're struggling too. And they're probably having similar conversations with their bank or with other uh uh, people that they do business with, so I try to I, I try to encourage them to communicate, maybe by email, so they have a written thread of what the communication has been. But uh, at least at least try to inform them as much as you can.
1: I, I think that's great advice, and I'd certainly echo that to the business community. Um, you know, I, I I think you know, and it depends, obviously, as you said, on your relationship with the landlord and whether it's been uh, adversarial, quasi quasi or not. Um, but you know, and, and I, but you know, I th- find in most circumstances, it really helps to pick up the phone and talk to a human being. Um, and, but to your point, you know, following up with an email to confirm the conversation, um, that, that really is the key in terms of staying in touch with your landlord. And, and sometimes they don't always know the full situation with you too. Uh, you'd be surprised and, and it's sometimes helpful um, you know, the, the, the saying, go, you know, there's, there's a story about, you know, two chefs that only have the one orange. Okay. Maybe you've heard this cause you, you own a restaurant. Okay. But each chef needed, you know, a full orange. Okay. And so in the end, they brought in somebody to resolve the matter and the person to slice the orange in half. Well, guess what happened? The one chef took the one half of his orange or his half of the orange, and he squeezed all the juice out of it and he threw it away okay? The other chef shaved off all the rind and threw away the, um, the flesh. Well, as you can see in that situation, it didn't have to be that way.
0: Right, that's a good analogy. So uh, another buzzword, you know, I'm seeing tossed around uh, probably by people who may or may not know its exact uh, meaning, but There are clauses sometimes in people's leases, and of course, if you have an issue with your lease and you don't remember what the what the terms are, it wouldn't be bad to go back and refresh your memory by reading it. Um, And of course, this whole point of this podcast uh, episode is to make sure that at least you have some information. But this is not legal advice in your case, but just general understanding of landlord tenant issues. If you have any of those concerns. You should get uh, legal advice. And of course, if you don't have a connection to a lawyer, Graham will certainly uh, respond to that. Again, his his uh, contact info will be in the episode notes. But so there's a clause we discussed a little bit before we started recording in some leases, and it's called force majeure. Did I say that correctly? Yeah, force majeure. Okay, yeah. so I've seen it tossed around a lot. Um and whether it's other business people giving other business people advice, like you should exercise this or you should claim this or whatever. Can you go into some of the details of what this is and then whether it could be helpful in these circumstances? Sure.
1: So let, let me just talk about force majeure as a concept, okay? The, the idea of force majeure is that some an- unanticipated event that was beyond the reasonable control of two parties to any contract, whether it's a lease or any other contract, okay, some unforeseen event that was beyond your reasonable control has occurred. And because of that unanticipated event, you should be excused from performance under that contract. So, you know, using a practical example, okay, um, I have a lease for a restaurant uh, and COVID-19 happened. I can't operate because the governor literally shut down my business and only, you know, when, you know, uh, but let's just assume that that's for the sake of argument, the, the situation. Um, so now neither, nobody anticipated COVID-19. I don't think anybody can obviously make that claim, um, you know, reasonably. Um, so, but should the tenant be excused from performance, meaning should they be excused from paying the rent? Okay. So that's, that's the idea behind the concept of force majeure, okay? Um, force majeure is certainly a concept that has um, some what I'll call common law application in the sense that it can apply generally um, in, in the business world, um, but it often has a, a direct implication in the sense that, that many contracts, leases included, will have what they call a force majeure clause, which says something to the effect of if, if, you know, in the event of, um, you know, acts of God, uh, pandemics, war, acts of terrorism, um, labor unrest, you know, these are some of the things that you'll see in a typical force majeure clause, then the parties will be excused from performance as long as that event continues. Okay. Now in the lease world, and, you know, I guess I'll throw out the caveat that, you know, I'm, I'm a licensed lawyer in Pennsylvania. So take, you know, take this advice with a grain of salt. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're outside of Pennsylvania, but, um, you know, some leases will have a force majeure clause and others won't. Um, it's not something that appears across the board in all leases, especially commercial leases. And I will say from a drafting perspective, you know, this is something that, and, and I'll even, uh, you know, claim guilt on this myself it's a clause that I think by and large lawyers have sort of glazed over for the most part for many years until COVID-19 just because we haven't really had one of those life altering events. That's a shared experience, you know, for, for all of us um, for many, many years, you know, I mean, not certainly not since world war two, I would venture. And even world war two didn't really affect the entire world the way that COVID-19 has. So it's um, you know, I think, the the other caveat I'll throw out is um, there is there is some risk in claiming force majeure whether it's a landlord tenant situation or any other contract because if you if if your lease and the language is not specific that you know COVID nineteen or a declared pandemic or a governmental ordered shutdown um, can excuse performance um, if. If the lease is not very specific in that sense, then potentially you run the risk of yourself breaching the lease by saying, I'm excused from not paying the rent. And you've now given your landlord an excuse to declare you in default of your lease and potentially evict you or sue you for that rent. Um, So, you know, the caveat that I guess the larger point I'm making is it's not a term that you throw around lightly in terms of your dealings with other parties, whether it's your landlord or another contracting party. It's really a situation where I encourage people to get advice from their legal counsel um, because, as I said, there is some risk in making that claim. Um, the other thing I'll add to it, and this is this is something that I'm seeing a lot in my practice now, is um, both landlord and, and tenants alike are looking very closely at the, that force majeure language in their leases, and they're wanting to make changes it to to that language and so that becomes an interesting situation because obviously you know what are we anticipating well the next pandemic okay and do i you know depending on who i represent whether it's a landlord or tenant you know would i simply put the word pandemic in a force majeure clause as something that could excuse performance i don't think i would just put pandemic quite honestly um because really what's a pandemic you know, who declares a pandemic? You know, is it the World Health Organization? Is it the UN? Is it the CDC? And there may be pandemics that affect other parts of the world or other parts of the country, even for that matter, that may not necessarily affect the property in question. So it's, um, you know, it, it while on its face, it sounds very simple. Nobody anticipated COVID-19 and I'm not allowed to be open. So why should I pay my rent? unfortunately the, the the legal answer is far more complicated and has far more in the way of consequences um, than it would appear on its face.
0: Interesting. I know that even if you have that clause in your lease, uh, it is very, very, very important to get legal advice because yeah. the, you know your mileage may vary uh, depending on what's, what's in that clause. Absolutely.
1: And I, and, you know, look, you know, most landlords and tenants, they can read it on their own and see what it says. But, um, you know, I mean the, the point is first look and see if you have that in your lease, first of all, and if you do take a look at it, um, and consult your legal counsel as to what your options may be at that point.
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: Now I will say this, and I just, this is a practical piece of information for your listeners. Okay. Many commercial leases that I see and especially the ones I draft on behalf of landlords, say that force majeure will not in any event excuse the payment of rent obligations under the lease. So that, that, if that language is in there, you might be dead in the water, at least as far as that argument is concerned.
0: Yeah. Pandemic or not. Right. I think, you know, I, so I, I did read about a particular, uh, a specific lawsuit again it might have been a a bigger company did file suit against their landlord and they did have that clause in and apparently the the court ordered in their favor the uh, the tenants uh, favor so let's say i don't have this clause in my lease and i is there anything else that i that i can avail myself of um uh, or ideas that you would suggest uh, to tenants? So there
1: are other concepts in the law, um, such as frustration of purpose, impracticability of performance. Um, Those are legal terms of art that may potentially apply to your situation. Um, They are not, um, I will say, they're not uh, things that I've found, at least in the uh, real estate world, that tenants have been particularly successful in arguing, at least thus far. Keep in mind, we're only three or four months into this, okay? It takes a long time for legal doctrines to wind their way through the court. So we may not see something, you know, in terms of definitive legal action or new legal doctrines come out of this for years, potentially. Um, but so the short answer to your question is, are there other concepts in the law that may potentially help in terms of making an argument for excusing payment of the rent? Possibly. Um, but again, it's a very fact and circumstances driven analysis on the legal side. And it, there are seldom in, in that world black and white answers. Um, so, you know, I, again, it's important to consult with your legal counsel if you feel strongly that you have a, a case for um, excusing your payment of the rent. Um, now, but getting back to your point that you made earlier, let's say that it's not in your lease. Well, this is where that communication with your landlord becomes important. And so what, you know, what are the alternatives? You know, can you pay less rent? Can you defer the rent and make it up at a later time? Um, you know, those are things where obviously, um, you know, it take it, you know, as the saying goes, it takes two to tango. Well, that's something where both the landlord and the tenant have to be in agreement, obviously, Um, unless there's something that's already provided for in the lease to that effect, but that's not typically the case. Um, So I just, you know, anecdotally, what I'm seeing is in some cases, you know, and, and, you know, most, as you've probably read, you know, the banks have been pretty accommodating to their customers through COVID-19 in terms of allowing them to defer mortgage payments for anywhere from three, four, even six months at a time. Because the regulators have basically said to the banks, look, if you give a COVID-related payment deferral on your mortgages, then we're not going to label that a troubled asset on your balance sheet for the banks. And so that's enabled the banks to be very accommodating to their customers, um, i.e. the landlords who have those mortgages on their properties. Okay. So now, Everybody's situation is different, okay? Banks don't necessarily have to do that. Um, but, you know, f- what I've seen certainly locally and and with, you know, my, my practice is the banks have been very, very accommodating to borrowers as far as that's concerned. Um, so your landlord may or may not have benefited from that. We don't know. Um, and they're certainly not obligated to tell you that. Um, but it would not be, you know, it certainly wouldn't be unusual for them to have benefited from, you know, from that payment deferral that the banks have been offering. Um, so, you know, likewise, you know, do you, are you somehow able to pay less so that they're at least covered and not having to come out of their own pocket to pay the mortgage? Or are you able to at least defer it for that period? Um, certainly you would have to make that rent up at some point. I don't, you know, again, I don't see situations where landlords are necessarily forgiving rent for the most part, um, you know, with the exception of maybe the guy who's, you know, the the real altruistic landlord over in New York who, you know, gave everybody the month off in terms of their rent payments. But, um, you know, beyond that, I'm just not seeing it. I'm seeing mostly landlords who are willing to defer some or all of the rent, and then the rent, at least what I've seen, I would say the majority of cases, the landlords have required the tenants to make up that rent through the remainder of twenty twenty. In some cases, I've seen landlords who are willing to allow you to make it up through twenty twenty one. And in rare, I've seen maybe one or two cases where they said you can just you, you can you just have to pay it before the lease term expires.
0: Got it. So, but that's a yeah. negotiated
1: solution, obviously.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's why communication is important. Um, And, you know, that that's kind of what I've seen in my practice as well. I've also had clients tell me that the landlords in a few cases just assumed that the business had applied for some sort of grant or loan and those funds were for rent. Um, Of course, we know that, you know, the that the PPP money was partially for rent. Right. But also for uh, more focused, obviously on payroll and wages. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. I mean, the difficulty there was, you know, when the, when the rules were first made, it looked like you could use possibly even all of those PPP loans for rent. Then they changed the rules midstream and said, well, no, you can only use up to 25% of that money for rent utilities and, and interest on existing mortgage obligations. Well the rules have changed again now because of the flexibility act that got passed and so you can use up to 40 percent for those for those types of things um, but you know that that's the difficulties those rules have changed so many times in the middle of the game um, it's it's hard although I did you know anecdotally I see I did see in some cases for commercial landlords who are actually handing their uh, tenants um, you know guides on how to apply for PPP PPP money
0: well yes anything to that wasn't self-serving at all, was it? No, um, not at all. Of course not. But yeah, so we'll, we'll see where this goes. I mean, I, I, I don't, I do believe, you know, as we're seeing now, certain states, uh, not necessarily so far Pennsylvania, but uh, some of the western states and southern states are in the same place we were a month and a half or so ago, and and actually shattering records. So yeah. who knows if they're going to start closing down again? Uh, what I also have seen is a lot of people went for those grants and loans, kind of panicked a bit, and their eight-week period was, um, you know, they've already spent that money, and they did it to pay payroll, but they weren't even open right. um, in some cases, and so uh, it's going to be interesting to see where that goes because that that probably was, you know, it, again, that was money, they wanted to, it, it, they thought they were doing the right thing at the moment, um, so Okay. uh, Any further thoughts? Uh, Anything else you want to share that's come to you during the recording?
1: No, I, you know, I think that sort of gives people an idea of, you know, some of the issues that are out there at the moment, certainly at least in terms of landlord-tenant relations. But, um, you know, I'm certainly happy to answer, you know, any questions that that come through the email. And, um, you know, thank you very much for having me on the Small Business Minutes. I appreciate it.
0: Sure. My pleasure, Graham. Um, and uh, drops. <laughs> yes you know the podcast itself is in its infancy but the goal was to help small businesses and you know when the pandemic came this was i kind of pivoted a bit because i was moving in a particular direction with a series uh and i just felt that this information is timely and critical for small businesses so all right well great thank you for being on the podcast and um really appreciate your insight take care
1: okay thank you remember We all start small. This podcast is sponsored by the accounting firm of Molinari Oswald, located in Centre Valley, PA. Serving small businesses globally.
0: If you love this podcast, please subscribe and tell a friend. Thank you.